Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Live from sunny Southern California on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is the Rogie Report. We talk about the topics that matter to you. From current events, conspiracies, culture, and the unrevealed, this is a show for people who are skeptical of the mainstream narrative. I'm your host, Jess Rogie, and this is episode 39 of the Rogie Report. I have a very special episode for you guys today. This is probably the biggest guest I've ever had on the show and probably will ever have. But first, I want to remind you to head over to therogiereport.com and jessrogie.com for links to all things Rogie Report. You know, I was so nervous for this interview. My boss called me and he said, Jess, don't be nervous. And I said, well, Joe, I'm very nervous. And he said, just be you. So that's what I did. So I want to give a shout out to Joe and thank him for the pep talk. It was actually a 10 out of 10. So my guest on this episode is somebody I've looked up to for many years. You know, I'm so excited to see how the show has been growing and changing. You know, and this is the type of show I've really wanted to do for a long time. And I'm so excited to share it with you tonight. You know, this show started off as a paranormal UFO show. And, you know, now we're covering conspiracies, current events, you know, uh, the nature of reality, culture. And I want to give everyone a shout out who helped spread the word about this episode of the show. It's a big episode and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. I want to give a shout out to Brim of the World. Um, if you guys check out my logo, I am wearing one of their hats. They make great hats. They got this series called Aliens Built Earth. Really cool hats. If you head over to therogiereport.com, I got a link that'll take you right to their website. So tonight, my guest is world famous. He's like one of the coolest down-to-earth people I've ever talked to. What I wanted to do with this interview, and I think it is exactly what I wanted. I wanted it to feel like you're sitting down, you're smoking a joint, and you're listening to Tommy Chong tell some stories. And that's exactly what this is. My guest tonight is world famous. He is the coolest down-to-earth person I've ever talked to. Tommy Chong was born in Edmonton, Canada, 
He's a celebrity, actor, musician, screenwriter, comedian, film director, television producer, and activist. You may have seen him in such films as Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, Next Movie, which is my favorite, and Glurp's favorite too, Zootopia, and Color Out of Space, a movie I really did not enjoy. <laughs> it was just too weird. But Tommy was great in it. He was probably my favorite part of that movie. The rest of it was really weird. Tonight's episode is The Chronicles of Tommy Chong. You know, my boss called me yesterday and he said, you know, you're, I want you to ask the question that you really want to ask Mr. Tommy Chong at the beginning of the interview. And I said, okay, Mr. Chong, this is a dream of many people around the world. Do you mind if I smoke while we chat? Not at all. Not at all. In fact, I better wait. <laughs> You are welcome to join me, sir. No, I, uh, I, uh, my day gets a little long when I smoke up first. First thing, yeah. No, I get that. I get that 100%. You know, it's, I'm, I'm going to get started, but I'm so freaking excited. I couldn't sleep last night. I have been, I feel like a stalker because I've been watching all the Cheech and Chong movies. I watched AKA Tommy Chong. I read, I read I Chong, the I Chong. Oh, movie. yeah. That's, I, that's my one bestseller. <laughs> it's a great book. I I loved it. I I'm gonna give it to my sister so she can read it later. But oh, cool. you're like the godfather of stoners. You know, you're the man who created the stoner genre. Yeah, you're. Yeah. A- I, I I did my time for it too. Yes, yes, <laughs> and I want to talk about that too. Sure. I mean, there, there's so much I want to talk about, and I couldn't fully like grasp the 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 weight and the gravity of the situation. I was like, <laughs> "You're gonna watch Tommy Chong, and <laughs> and talk to him." And you know, growing up at the time I grew up, I grew up in I don't date myself, but I probably should have been the time I grew up. There was not a lot of representation of you know mixed people. You know, I'm- I none, none. And when I found out that Tommy Chong was half Chinese, I was like, oh, my God, this man is just like me. <laughs> and, right. I, and I was like, that means I don't have I can go out and do things. And that inspired me, Tommy, just seeing people just I don't think people understand how much representation means and just seeing somebody like you out there it's like oh i can do something too yeah and yeah. well you know it's been uh kind of working in my favor you know uh because yeah that's what you do you either uh you work it in your favor or it works against you and uh my mother she was one that really raised me my my uh my dad you know he was uh, he was like a, a gambler, you know, Chinese. Yes. Was, uh, <laughs> I love their gambling. Was, yeah. It, what was it? He, he gambled uh, never, never around the house. He, uh, 
he was a truck driver eventually. He, he was in the Second World War. He didn't have to. He didn't have to go to war, but he was. He sort of adopted the white side of, uh, of uh, you know, the, the, he had a choice. He could go pure Chinese, you know, into the Chinese community, and uh, but he didn't. He he, he he like he married my mother, you know, and, and but he never talked much in the house, and he wasn't too tall. He was five foot four, five foot three. Uh, very tough as nails. He was a he played football when he was in in high school, uh, but he was very quiet. Never never said much. But when he found out that I could play music, then then he him and I got along really well. Then you know because I was uh, I would you know he loved to party and so he would uh, I would play for parties you know uh, with a fiddle player, and and so my dad. You know, the music part of it, he, he really liked that part. But the rest of it, he kind of, uh, he just, he was just a dad. You know, he yeah. he was he was just a, a man of few words. And, uh, but it was great. I, I really loved him. But he loved to laugh. Yes. And so, yeah. So when I got into comedy, and well, when I got famous, that, that's when he, uh, <laughs> that's when he really... <laughs> He really uh, enjoyed he enjoyed it, but he still had that old that old stoic Chinese kind of uh, way. Like when I was, I, I tell my my sons all the time uh, when when you know when I was I learned how to drive, you know, and I'd borrow the the car, and I would ask my dad, you know, my my brother was older, three years older, he had his own car, he didn't bother with the family car but I was the guy that and I'd ask my dad you know are you going to use the car tonight and knowing that he wasn't and he wouldn't answer he wouldn't answer <laughs> and uh, he just wouldn't talk to me he wouldn't answer he wouldn't say yes or no he just <laughs> watched tv and just ignored me like I, I wasn't there <laughs> and so then I'd be I got to put around the house you know and then I come back, Pop. Are you going to use the car? Can I use the car? Again, wouldn't answer. And then finally, he would hold the keys up. <laughs> <laughs> he loved to torture me, but he loved to laugh. Oh, he was great. He was great. Yeah, I had great memories of my family. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I just, you know, I want to know more about Tommy Chong. You know, I love to hear this background and, and you know, how you became the man you became. So was comedy a big thing in your house growing up or were you just kind of a funny guy? No, not at all. I wasn't, wasn't funny. I was very, wasn't shy. I always had a funny uh, a friend that you could laugh with, you know. And uh, I always had a, a friend. They would always find me because we were, we, we were quite poor. And so, uh, so we, we were, my, my dad was very, very artistic, like neat. And my mother was super neat, but we never had anything. And uh, in fact, our first house, well, when I found out my, my, my mother had, uh, you know, was quarter native, everything made sense in my life. Because our first house, well, first of all, I was, uh, 
I, I, we never got together as a family until I was about five or six because uh, my mother contacted TB right after she had me. And so she was put in a sanitarium and you got talk about quarantine. She was quarantined for five years. Wow. Five years with TB. We couldn't go near. And, uh, and we, we would see her uh, a couple of times from the ground. She was up in the, like the third floor and she'd come out to the balcony and just wave to us. The Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo are bringing consumers more choices with less sugar than ever before. From sparkling, flavored, and bottled waters to zero-sugar sports drinks, teas, and sodas, consumers are taking advantage of these choices. In fact, nearly 60% of beverages sold contain zero sugar. To learn more, visit balanceus.org. And uh, and so, and, and this was back in the, in the 40s. Uh, you know, early fifties, and she, uh, yeah, no, it was forties, right in the middle of the forties, because I can remember walking to school and reading about the atomic bomb. Wow! Uh, reading the headlines in the paper that was uh, by the school, in, in a you know paper rack, and I, I can remember that. I remember reading about the atomic bomb, and uh, so we, what, what we, what I was trying to get to is that when my mother and so I was in the hospital too I had a little bit of pleurisy and so they put me in the hospital back in the day they didn't mess around you know if you had something boom you're in the hospital because they had hospitals built uh during the for the war for the for the you know guys coming home from the war and so there was a lot of hospital space as it were and not that many people and so I, I, I spent uh, a year or so in the hospital. And then I was taken from the hospital and put in, into like an orphanage because uh, my dad, he had just came back from the war and, 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 uh, and my mother was in the sanitarium. And my brother and my little sister, we were all in, in the Salvation Army home. And so that was my, right from the hospital to the home. And then, uh, and that's, that's when I kind of got institutionalized. You know, I learned mm-hmm. how to do it. Because that, when you're that early in your life, when you don't have a mother or father, you know, to hug you and cuddle you, uh, then it, someone else takes over that job. Like when I was in the hospital, I had nurses that thought I was a cute little brown guy, you know. So, <laughs> so, so, so I got a little, I got, I got a lot of attention in the hospital. And then when I went to the home, I got no attention. Mm. And, and, and that again, that, that's good uh, because I learned how to live with myself. You know, I was my only uh, uh, entertainment, more or less. You know, my brother was there, but we weren't together. You know, mm. they had us separated. And my sister, I never did see her all the whole time she was there because oh. she was uh, in the home. And so what happens when, when you go to a home like that there, you're, you're, you're with people, but you're alone, you're neglected, you know, uh, you're just part of a, a whole bunch of people, a uh, bunch of kids. Yeah. And, and it's, and they're so orderly, there's so much order, you know, because you can't uh, be wild and crazy. You don't have, you're not allowed to have that kind of a personality. 
You know, you don't have someone to say, oh, you guys, you kids be quiet. None of that. You know, it's just that you just, you're, you're, at least I was, you know, I was, I was just ignored more than anything. Yeah. And, and then uh, I remember going to breakfast uh, because I went from the hospital where they brought you the tray. Yeah. You had room service. And the next next thing I know, I'm sitting at a table in the morning, early in the morning, uh, with um, about maybe five, six other kids. And then the older kids grab all the good stuff right away. Mm-hmm. And the younger kids are left with, with which, what's ever left. And uh, I remember that <laughs> very clearly. <laughs> and uh, you know, and and I was just left alone. And, and so then, what you do when you're a kid, you 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 find a, a somebody, a big adult that that sort of like, or an older kid. And then, even though you don't, they don't pay attention to you. You you, you huddle around them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because he he's he's paying attention to other kids your age, and so you kind of. Like you, you squeeze in, you get a little bit of a little bit of the re, re, residue, you know, of, of attention, and and so I, I I've got vivid memories of the home, vivid vivid memories. The first day, first night I was there, uh, these kids played a trick on me. You know, oh, because I was the new kid, and so what they start what they start doing. We had, there was lockers next to the beds and these kids were climbing up on the lockers and jumping off the lockers onto the bed, you know? And, uh, you know, it looked like a lot of fun. So <laughs> next thing, next thing, you know, I'm on top of the locker with my turn and all the kids jumped into bed. And so, so the, the major, the, the, the lady in charge walks in and catches me on top of the locker and so like I just came from the from the uh hospital you know and so uh, the lady says okay come with me and so you know I just I had no idea what was going on so I I walked with her downstairs into this office and I remember the office because that's the office that my my dad that's where he left me when he when he left left me with the home but they do the they gave me a coloring book and sent me out into the little area to color. And then my dad says his goodbyes and he leaves. And and so there was no tearful goodbye or anything. It was this, which there wouldn't have been anyway, because I, I only remember my dad coming to visit me every once in a while in the hospital. And so when I got taken down stairs, see, these are memories that are they're seared in my head. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea what was what, what was going to happen, you know, none. Uh, so she said, hold up your hand when we got downstairs. And so I held up my hand and she takes a, a, a strap or ruler or something and whack. And I'd never been hit before. And she hit my hand and then she says, give me the other hand. Then I held up the other hand, she whacked that hand. And then she says, now, now go to bed and, and, and behave, you know, something, something like that. 
and I was so shocked. I, I wasn't, I never cried at oh. the beginning. You know, I, I was just, I, it was new to me. I'd never had any physical thing happen to me ever. That was the only time. And so halfway up the stairs, I, I, I kind of tripped and I fell and then the, my hands hit the, 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 the grit on the, on the floors, on the thing. And then the tears came. Uh, but they were they were quiet tears you know because I, I, I didn't want to you know there was no <laughs> no one to care if I cried loud you know so you learn how to cry quietly and then uh, I went to bed and, and then and then after that uh, my memories are kind of kind of faded because it became a I remember uh, Saturday, they would have bath day for the kids, and you never got in a tub. What you did, you got you sat around the edge of the tub with your feet in in the tub, uh, and because it was the feet that really that needed the the the, the water, you know, the, the washing. <laughs> and I remember that, and then I remember, you, you know, when I my dad, you know, he bought me some nice clothes and everything. And when he brought it to the home, they just took it. It disappeared. All my comic books that I had, I had a whole collection of stuff and oh. it just, it disappeared. And then I was given the home clothes, you know, and it was like secondhand stuff didn't fit and the whole thing. But again, it was all new to me. And so it wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I was just, you know, wow, this is, this is something that, oh, this is what you do. You know, like putting on a costume. You know? Yeah, and uh, and then they left us because we're too young to go to school, and, uh, and my brother had to go to school, and and that's where I what really uh, formed his personality because he he became very very uh, aggressive, very tough, very tough because back in those days, you know, there the bullies, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were it was like a, a profession. Wow. In school. <laughs> you know you know there was no uh anti-bully the kids the pupils were actually the teachers were scared of the uh, uh, of the aggressive kids there was wow. no there was no like rough and and so my brother had to go to the school down the street from the home and and they would embarrass the home kids every chance they got you know like if it was at noon uh, they would say all the home kids stand up and all the kids from the home had to stand up and they, they were given their little car carton of milk or something that the home provided for them. And uh, yeah, so my brother, he ended up becoming you know, a tough guy all his life because of, because of that thing, because he would fight his way have, sometimes there and back. He would have to fight the toughest guy. And then, and then, in the home, he hung out, I guess he, because I never did see, I saw him maybe once or twice. Wow. <laughs> That's about it. And then we were there. And then my, uh, my aunt, uh, my, my mother, she directed everything from the sanitarium. She had my, her sister come. And then my, my dad found a, 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 like a house. It was like a reservation house. Okay. No, okay. no, no, no plumbing. Uh, an outdoor out, an outhouse uh, we had outdoor plumbing um, no electric lights 
no refrigeration. It was a shack. It was a, or a bungalow. They called them bungalows. Uh, and uh, I probably the happiest times of my life was spent in that in that house because I oh, and, and then my mom, you know, my mom eventually came came out of the the sanitarium and she came home and then my grandfather her her father he he came to live with us and to, he was a carpenter so he built he built he helped uh, fix our house put a porch on the house and then we we built uh, uh he built bunk beds for my brother and i wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items like <gasps> Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only. Single item at regular price. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee, of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles, and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me, like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing, and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Uh, and uh, it was a real hippie house. And then my uh, my dad, though, to his favor, my dad built uh, one of the state of the art outhouse. Ooh, wow! <laughs> he did. He, he because he's you know he couldn't help it. He's Chinese or Japanese. You know, it looked like a like a Japanese uh, tea house. Oh, it, it was, was like super nice. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Well, that's where we we all of us hung out there. <laughs> you know? Wow. That was that the uh, we we never we never used toilet paper. We always use uh, magazines or catalogs or newspapers. Really? You know, the, Chinese, the Chinese, you know, you don't think of buying toilet paper. You know. <laughs> Does it work well? I mean, I've never, I've never uh, had to use a magazine or anything like that or a catalog page. The glossies aren't too good. That's that's <laughs> what I was kind of thinking. I'm like, how does that? <laughs> uh, apparently, the newspaper. I don't remember that much, you know, because because uh, uh, you know uh, it was uh, wasn't a big problem for a kid that age, you know. Uh, but uh, but it was um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a beautiful life. I, I mean, and then and then we grew up. Uh, we grew up from you know. <laughs> I think we we moved when I was uh, 11, 12 years old. That's when my dad, uh, you know, cashed in on his uh, his uh, army, or yeah, his army. Uh, he was in artillery in the artillery in the Canadian Army in the oh, Second World War. He wow. saw action. That and is so, so crazy. And so the uh, veterans. Yeah, they, we had a what do they call a wartime house, and so then we moved into the city, and we had, uh, you know, then indoor we had bathtubs. Oh my God, I, I, I remember uh, my mother knocking on the door. Are you still in there? <laughs> we would, my brother and I, we take turns having baths. Well, especially me, I lived in that bathroom <laughs> because I, 
a bathtub where you could lay down in the water. Oh my oh. God. That was luxury. It was so much luxury. Yeah, I had I had the best I had the best life growing up. It was oh, I learned so much. Learned so much. That 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 that's why I am where I am today. Well, I learned how to play guitar because I, I had musical ability. And when we visit my aunt and uncle, uh, it, my uh, cousin, he was older. He was our our uh, education. He had a <laughs> He, his room was like magic, you know, naked pictures of girls and all that. <laughs> and we'd have, uh, he had an, a 12 uh, bass accordion because oh. he was, he was a spoiled kid when he was young. And so they, they bought him everything that, that he could want. And, and he had a 12 bass accordion and that I used to, every time I was there, I just go play that the whole time I was there. Because I, I had I had a, a good ear for music, you know, and then uh, my mother had a guitar that she had when she was uh, uh, pregnant with me. She bought it and she used to hold it against her tummy and strum it. Even, and and next thing I know, uh, I was about eight then. Soon as you know, when I got out of the home and and a couple of years went by, and I started picking up the guitar, and I could. I learned how to tune it, learned how to play it. Uh, you know, the odd chord. And then the, the fiddle player across the hall, well, across the field from us in our in our reservation home, as we call it, uh, he he needed a guitar player to back him up, his fiddle playing. And so he, he kind of taught me how to play uh, backup. And so I used to play for parties, oh, you know, and, and the parties would go all night. <laughs> you know, the eight, <laughs> Eight-year-old kid, hey, get the kid <laughs> Give me a. That's why I never, I never liked alcohol. I, I, I hated yeah. the taste. It was, ugh. I mean, why, why wouldn't they give the kid a soda? You know, <laughs> something good. <laughs> but, but that's that's where I learned how to play uh, for dances, and and that 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 was like the, the basis of my show business career because the oh. fiddle player. He, he was, he played for dances and everything else. And of course, back then, you're a musician, but you always had a day job. You know, there was no such thing as, you know, profession. There was, but it wasn't us, you know. <laughs> and so he, uh, he taught me, he taught me how to, how to play uh, tune and play the guitar. But he taught me how to entertain. He, he, he would say, you know, you just once in a while he'd say you got to give the people what they want mm -hmm. and 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 if they want the same tune play it whatever they want you know whatever the people want that's what you do you're there to entertain them and 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 then uh yeah and and get them dancing and so he'd, he'd, he'd find the groove in other words and so all of that you know, by the time I was 16, you know, and then I, then I started playing backup guitar for uh, singers, you know, again, native, native. In fact, my first band was called The Shades because we were all different colors. Oh, <laughs> we, had, we had we had the uh, black as a dancer singer. Uh, Tommy Melton is a football player, wild built, handsome guy, uh, Dick Bird. Tall, six foot one, uh, Sarsi native, you know, uh, big, handsome, uh, 
uh, he, he was like an Elvis Presley impersonator, and 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 he played guitar, and I and I played backup guitar for all for the three of us, and so we called ourselves the Shades because we're all different colors, and then we eventually ended up with a black band. It was Dick went on. Dick was a like a solo act anyway, so he uh, so he 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 went solo, and then we had an R and B band, and then. Then I learned. Then I then I became a black guy, not only half Chinese, <laughs> <laughs> but but finding out I was native, it was it was such everything made sense, you know, because my my, my mother never told me that was oh. a big it was a big family secret, and when we talked about my grandmother, her mother, it, everything got quiet. They would they wouldn't talk too much, and they said, "Well, she was Irish. She was." Uh, black Irish or dark Irish, and and the one picture I saw of her, and I thought, wow, you know, <laughs> that's interesting. It wasn't until we did the the ancestor thing, really, just, and then... just just a couple of years ago, and then I realized, then I found out, wow, what a shock, especially because the big uh, uh, scandal was my dad being Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and my and my mother being taller than him, and my mother was, she was gorgeous. Oh my god! But then she lost a lung from the TB. Yeah, yeah. And she was one of the last ones to be operated on before they found the medicine. And uh, yeah, she but tough. Oh boy, she was skinny. She was so vain. Uh, right up until she died, you know, she always, <laughs> and her, my, my dad, you talk about comedy, they would, they would matter at each other. <laughs> very quietly. They would very, very quietly, very, almost oriental, you know, like, she would, she would be cussing out my dad, you know, in a very quiet way. Oh God, they they were funny. My dad was he 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 loved to imitate uh, the honeymooners, you know. Yes. Ralph Crand and 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 he would uh, to the moon, Alice, because <laughs> <laughs> because he kind of dressed like that. He was a truck driver, so he had that same outfit, you know. Oh, that's that, funny. That Ralph Cramden had, and my mother. It was like that. That was that kind of household we had, because early uh, there was no no washing machine and so to figure this my mother with one lung we come came out of the hospital would do a wash in a tub washing everything sheets blankets whatever and then having to bring them out best again and hang on the line uh, my, my brother was you know three years older than me he, he was like the helper he was the muscle and so he helped my mother you know all, all her life and uh, and then when I got and I was I was the middle guy I got left alone a lot and my 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 little <laughs> sister she was a baby so I I, I they, they left me alone but I I I had the the best life and then we 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 were attacked racially a, a, mm -hmm. a couple of times uh, when we moved to our to our, our reservation house kind of. Uh, the neighborhood kids. One time, we, my brother and I, walked down 
to visit, walked across the field and down the hill to visit a, a friend and we're coming home and it was around dusk and we got not attacked, uh, you know, viciously, but bullied, you know, mm-hmm. a gang, a gang of kids come up, hey, chinks, you know, and started pushing us and, you know, what are you doing here? And, you know, just back in the, you know, that was in the 40s. So that was, you know, you know, we'd just been at war with Japan. So, so, you know, you kind of understand, you know, that, that racial uh, thing. But when we got home and, and my brother told my dad what happened, my dad ran out of that house like, like Superman, zoom. And then he came back a little while later, he says, you know, what happened? He never talked, you know, he, he never said, he never said, he never said goodbye. He was a truck driver, but he would never say goodbye. He would just leave. <laughs> and then when he came home, he never say hello. He'd just, just be back. He'd, he'd just be back. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I want to hear more. Hear, I want to hear more stories. <laughs> That's all okay. I want. I want to hear stories. <laughs> well, when we, uh, like, like I said, you know, I encountered the racial thing all the time, but I always countered it. Because they weren't really, you know, I always was quiet and shy. And, 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 and you know, uh, I, I, I barely talked. When, when I was with Motown, yeah, you know, uh, everybody was so shocked when I became a comedian. Because, because I never said... Wendy's two for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items. Like... Dave single with a 10 piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave single, Dave single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price and participation may vary at US Wendy's on the card only, single item at regular price. This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. I don't think I ever said two words. Well, you never, I never had a chance, you know, because most of the band were black guys. And, and if you've ever been around a lot of brothers, you know, there's not a lot of room to talk. You to know, get a word get a in lot, there. Yeah, to get a, a word in there. And so when Motown found out, you know, uh, but, you know, I've always had a, a great relationship with, with everybody. Uh, and, I, and I learned that. I, I was, I was always attracted to the outlaw, you know, mm-hmm. like, like if, if a kid was uh, uh, different from anybody else. Uh, oh, and then, uh, then in Calgary, okay, again, Native, Native Americans in Calgary, you know, we're surrounded by re- reservations uh, that the, 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 the Natives came up from uh, America when America, you know, attacked their villages and, and killed their killed off their food supply, then the Sioux and the, and the all, all of them came up. The the Cheyenne went down 
the south. And uh, the Sioux and a lot of those came up north to Canada. And so we were surrounded in Calgary with natives, uh, people in, in the whole culture was native. In fact, the, Cal- the Calgary Stampede, have you heard of the Calgary Stampede? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, uh, an event that's put on every year. In, in a, now it's into the billion dollar range. You know, it, it, it tracks that. People from all over the world come. If you get a chance, you know, Google it. It's, it's really interesting. We call it the Calgary Stampede. And uh, that's that, that story. See, that now that's where I, I kind of, because it would have a midway, you know, like a circus uh, uh, in, uh, you know, they, they had all these events, you know, bronc riding and uh, chuck wagon races and uh, big uh, cowboy, you know, uh, wrangling, uh, steer wrangling and, and bronco, you know, steer riding, uh, bull riding. They had all that all that stuff going but they also had a, a mid like a circus midway where you walk uh, uh you know and they had all these the freak shows going on and <laughs> and, uh, and and that's oh i loved the calgary stampede that was a big thing every year you know they had a parade you, you, you get down there uh, sit on the sidewalk and watch the parade walk go walking by you know and the but let me tell you how it got started. It's so interesting because I, I, I found a book on it. Uh, what happened uh, in the 30s or maybe even in the 20s, uh, anyway, just when they started shooting movies, you know, in fact, it was a Tom Mix movie. He was an old cowboy. Well, they shot a movie up in, in near Calgary. I think it was uh, High River. It was around there. Uh, anyway, uh, the movie company ran out of money. And so all the cowboys that were in the movie, they got stranded up in, uh, up in near Calgary. And so, uh, no money, no money. And they had a winter, they wintered there. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, they're all the, the extras and the, the, they were all cowhands, you know, they're all cowboys. Uh, and so they worked on the, the local ranch. And so this one local rancher, uh, the, the actors got together and said, Let, let's do, let's do a, 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 a rodeo. Let's throw a rodeo. And uh, yeah, because they're all actors and cowboys, you know, and bull riders, all that. And so they said, oh, okay. And so this one rancher said, yeah, you can use my place. And so the word got out. Well, whenever, if you're around natives, if there's just a, a, a rumor of a party, the natives, they love parties. They would dress up in their finest regalia, you know, oh, pretty, their yeah. finest buckstar, and, and they would decorate their horses. And, and they would, they, that was their thing, a parade where, where they would ride, with their finery, you know, the chiefs with all their eagle feathers, the war bonnets, and and, and, and they were, and the, the squaws, the women would have their finest buckskin outfits on, you know, they were all, all the natives, you know, they were so artistic, you know, because they were like the first hippies, you know, <laughs> they were, because all they did, 
uh, was look for food and, and the women would sit and take care of the kids and make, make things, you know, make baskets, make uh, uh, tools. And the men had to make weapons and they had to, or, or implements, you know, to farm with, you know, and, and, and that's, that's, that's how they, they lived their lives. And whenever there was a party, wow, everybody would get out their finest clothes, you see. And so when, when the rodeo, they're going to have this rodeo. And, and so right away, the Blackfoot and uh, the Sioux and all of them, you know, and they would compete against each other for their, for their looks. And not only compete, but they, 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 would, they would bring their camp nearby where the party's going to be. And they would, so the, we had teepees all, all set up. Uh, they had villages, the, the native villages, and they still do to this day. Uh, only difference is, is that the village, the, the teepees have refrigerators and television sets. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little more comfortable, glamping, yeah, yeah. glamping and they tents. Got, <laughs> they got blow up mattresses. And <laughs> but back in the day, oh man. And so, they, so anyway, they had the, the rodeo and they had the parade and it was so much fun and, and they raised money and the cowboys got to go home. And, and then next year, the, the natives said, hey, are we going to have that party again? And so the guy that owned the ranch, he said, why not? Nice. So, so it became a, 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 it went from a few, uh, you know, a few natives to now it's a, a billion dollar a year uh, event and they still have the natives come in and they do their do their parade and they ride their horses and they, oh man and so that every year we had that to look forward to in calgary and 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 so i would hang out at the midway and uh uh and that's kind of i introduced me to to salsa music because they had a, a show called harlem in, in havana and Ooh. and they had the musicians up there you know outside they would come out and they would play to attract the crowd to bring them inside it was a tough gig i i eventually played uh, a circus one time uh, a strip joint and uh, <laughs> it was fun it, it was it was it was it was i loved the circus life i loved it and that's what and so as i got older uh, you know and i got to the point where i could drive and so I'd drive down. I, I went to that stampede every night when I had my car. And then we had the band. We, the, when I put our, when we put our band together, one time we rented a, uh, I don't know how we got there, but it was a flatbed truck on a, in a parking lot. And we made a shitload of money. Oh, my God. We, had, we set up our band, and then we walked around. We had some guy walk around collecting money from people. Uh, and, and people, uh, they're tourists. Oh yeah, what is ten dollars? Okay, you got it. Twenty? Okay, you got it. You know. And so each of us, we sweated up in the band. Each of us had a big wad of dough, man. It was, <laughs> it was, it was killer. It was so much fun. God, that was, and 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 what happened to me that that night kind of changed my life. Ooh. Because I was walking home. I had a big wad of money. I had my guitar and uh, walking home or 
I guess I was going to catch a bus or something. I might have been walking. I'm not, I can't remember. I had, no, I, I was going to catch a bus. I was going to, because that's what you did in Calgary, you know. You caught a bus. Because I never had the car. Or did I? No, I might have had the car. I might have had the car at the time. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I did. Because, yeah, I, I had a car. I was walking to my car or my dad's car. And uh, a voice in the dark says, sir, sir, can you help me? Oh. And so I said, yeah, I thought, you know, you needed money or whatever. And I said, sure, what, what, what do you need? He says, I, I need help. I said, what do you mean help? And he goes, uh, I, I got this job, and if I don't finish it, I won't get paid. And I said, oh. so is I need a, a, someone to help me. I said, oh, okay, I'll help you. <laughs> so I'm walking with my guitar, and he leads me over to the train tracks, and there's a boxcar. And in the boxcar was remnants of coal. And his job is like a homeless guy. And, and they said, okay, if you clean this car by morning, you know, then you get paid. You know, and what you did, you, you had it. What you did, we we took the coal and put it in sacks and put it off to the side. It was remnants of a of a of a you know box car full of coal. Yeah. And so I worked by hand all night helping the guy. And then when I finished, he says. Uh, Give me your address, cause uh, I, you know I, I'm, I have, I, and I'll I'll bring the money to you, you know, to pay. And I said, oh yeah, okay. So I get my address, and then I went home. <laughs> and I got home, I was black with cold. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother goes, where, what, where were you? You know, because <laughs> we were all night doing the cold, oh helping the cold. And I, you know, was got went and had a bath. Went to bed, <laughs> I think. Uh, but Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee. Of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles and no lattes worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. You know, I'm quite sure that was an angel. <gasps> and it was a test. It was a test. Oh. And, 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 and I passed the test. Because oh. after that, or, or during the whole time, you know, like my life has always been very blessed. Yes. And, and that was part of the blessing. That was a blessing. 
because uh, he showed up, you know, and then I forgot about it, you know. And then uh, about a month later, he showed up and he had the money. And he, he, of course, my mother was very sweet. She brought him in, had tea with him, oh. <laughs> and had a little conversation with him. And, and he was very thankful for me, you know, that I helped him. And, and he had the little bit of money, you know, there. But, but yeah, thinking back on it, you know, the way it, the way it happened, because it was a test. Yeah, I, 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 I had a pocket full of money. I had no reason to help anybody to stop doing. I had done my job. I was going to go home. I was happy. But someone needed help. And so I, so I tell the story quite a bit because, you know, people say, you know, how did you become what you become? Yeah. What was it? And, 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 and I tell people all the time, you know, that we're tested. You know, life is a test, you know, because we're only here for a short period of time. And, and we're here to, to help others, basically. I mean, that, that, that's really our job, you know, our, that's our karma. Now, you can't always be the helper. Sometimes you have to be the one that needs the help. And, uh, and that, that's also a test, you see. And what it is, it's a test. And it's also, it's a character building process, you know, because that's why if you help others, there's joy that you get that you can't compare it with anything. You know, that's why you have people like uh, during this pandemic that right away, they're right there. That's why you have first responders that'll go into building, burning buildings or, or they'll risk their lives. That's why 9-11, you know, that's why yes. you had the people, you know, they didn't think twice about it. They just go there because they're being tested. You know, their, their character is, is being tested. And that's why uh, when you fail a test, you can you can see the the, the 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 effects. You know uh, that's why you can see. That's why a lot of people, uh, the wealthy, seem to be tested the, the the hardest. You know because when you're poor, you got no choice. But when you when you're wealthy, you have a choice. Like I had a choice. You know, and and a lot of times through fear, ignorance, or greed, or whatever it is, and, and most most everything relates back to fear. The fear, the fear of the lack, the fear of not having something. You know, that's why, like uh, you know, like now I hobnob with with the wealthiest of the wealthy. Right. You know, and 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 I can see you can't help them. You can't help people when they're going through the test. Because yeah. that would be like, you know, it doesn't help. It doesn't help them. Uh, but I, 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 I can see why people lie, cheat, and and pretend, and and do, you know, get into, you know, destructive behavior. You know, I see why. I can see why. But you can't do anything except. 
that's why that's why the the scripture always says forgiveness 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 and and the reason is is because everything is 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 momentarily you know it's not there it's not set in stone this is uh, everything it moves like the only constant in the universe this is what the I Ching says is uh, change that's the only constant in the universe in other words if you're rich you could be poor overnight <laughs> you, know, you can change <laughs> if you're healthy you can be sick overnight or if you're sick you can be healthy overnight change change that's the only thing that 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 we do that we that we uh find ourselves uh you know in the physical world and then the other thing i i, I learned is that for every action there's a reaction so so you know that old saying uh, uh, uh no good deed goes unpunished <laughs> you know yes <laughs> that that well that really is uh, uh what do you call it uh you know very sarcastic ironic uh look at it uh the truth is every good deed gets rewarded that's the truth and and the more secret the good deed is the bigger the reward oh. you know and and the reward sometimes will be uh, could, you never know what the reward is going to be. That's the great thing about uh, our, our, our life, because we're not given answers uh, until we ask. Mm -hmm. See, see, like I, I, I like I, I always because I, I have a lot of this spiritual knowledge. Yes. Tell me. But <laughs> but I don't I've learned through reading and through understanding is that you don't answer a question until someone asks you. Ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like you don't go up to a stranger and say, oh, you want to get to Disneyland? Okay, you turn right, <laughs> go straight, you know? They'll look at you like, what are you talking about? It's the same thing as religion, you know? You don't go up to a stranger and say, hey, uh, you know, like like the some of the Jehovah Witness used to do. You know, yes. uh, where they would say, uh, you know, you're gonna you don't, if you don't change your ways, you're gonna go. You know, you're gonna die in hell or whatever. You know, uh, you know, they too have their own reward. You know, uh, but it's kind of kind of misguided. But then then again, I look back at that. You can't really. You can't really have freedom unless you have total freedom and, and are aware of total freedom. And freedom means that you're free to do wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're free to mess up. Uh, and and that's that's why you'll you'll find like uh, communist countries mm -hmm. have a uh, it's a big burden on on them because they've relegated all the decisions to one or two people, and and 
and and that's a burden <laughs> that 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 they have to someday overcome because because that's really like sticking your nose in the wrong area because there's corruption no matter what the system is there's got to be corruption right and the reason is it's it's a balance because you can't have you can't there's no such thing as perfection without imperfection there it's a balance see one won't exist without the other and that's the same thing as right and wrong you can't have a society where everything is right you know uh where everything is perfect you can't it's impossible it's impossible because we live in a physical world now you know what perfection is i figured this out you know Tell what me. you know what perfection really is okay a physical world we live in a physical world okay if you look up into the stars all you see is you're really looking at eternity because there's no beginning and there's no end and so the further you look into space with the hubble or whatever the further the more space that you see and so our physical world is everything okay what is the opposite of everything? Nothing. That's right. So it's That's everything. Right. So perfection is nothing. Oh, <laughs> perfection man. does not exist. See? I need it that. Does, <laughs> it does exist, but there's nothing, nothing to support it. Because the opposite of everything is nothing. So the spirit world, if we live in a physical world, the spirit world is nothing. Is nothing. So when you die, you do evaporate. You're, you're, you're but and and but we we still alive. I mean, we're we're eternal beings. You are. I am. We've always been here. And you know what we are. This is what I figured out. Yeah, yeah. We're the size of a thought. Oh, wow. Wow. But that thought has been here forever. <laughs> wow. So what is the universe? Just nothing? The spiritual universe. The spiritual universe. Yes. The perfection. See, everything in the spiritual universe is, is, there's no want, need, or desire. Yeah. There just is. And just is can be smaller than a thought. Look at our phone We're right now. Our phone has so much information in there that we, in our lifetime, we will never absorb it. We'll never know it. It's there in a little phone. All our music, all our knowledge of the world is in that phone. And everybody has one. And, 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 and everything is shrunk so small that we can get all my photos, all the, everything. Remember back in the day when we had to go to the photo mat and get our pictures printed out on paper and, and, and 
we had albums and blah, blah, blah. Not gone. It's gone. Remember the days when we had records? I teacher John used to make these records and we had albums and the acid tape and they go to the factory and they would cut records and we had thought sell thousands or millions of them. Gone. They're pieces of art now. They everything, are. Everything we have now can be smaller than a thought. <laughs> it's isn't, isn't that mind-boggling? It's because nuts. it's it's the opposite of everything. And so, yeah, there's a, the spiritual world. Jesus said, you know, there are many mansions in 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 God's world. You know, many mansions. Because when you when you take something and make it, in, you know, out of the physical, then you're going into another world where it's the opposite of physical. It's it's totally uh, invisible. So so as a, as a physical entity, it doesn't exist. A thought, you see, a thought. Just think of all the thoughts that we have in in a day. Yes. You know, uh, uh, our brains are are filled. I mean, uh, uh, just think of artists or directors and movie makers. You know, just think of what their brains, what's going through their brain. All the thoughts, all the creative thoughts that they're going through are writers or, or people that, you know, deal with statistics, for instance. I, I have a, a daughter-in-law that she's got a, a book about statistics. She works in uh, the windmill uh, business, you know, the wind uh, energy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, she's a, a brilliant lady. And it's all about numbers. You see? Yeah. When, uh, like Trump, for instance, uh, you know, uh, the, the, you know, <laughs> I love. By the way, I love what's going on, you know, and and because you know, I've been enlightened. I've been enlightened. I I, I can't have conversations with my wife or my son or anybody <laughs> because because they they get all they get all. Uh, uh, <laughs> they get all uh, upset with the media, you know? Yes, yes. Like, oh, this Joe Manchin, oh my God, he's going to ruin everything. And, I'm, <laughs> and I, I'm laughing because I, I, when, when Trump was about to win, I was kind of happy that he was winning, you know, because I, I, I saw the 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 fault of Hillary. Uh, yes. Uh oh, oh, I lost oh, your oh, video. No, no, just a minute, just a minute. I got it. I got it. Yeah, You're I back. learned how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, when 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 Hillary uh, uh, was running, you know, and and they were like ignoring Trump and like uh, uh, Michelle Obama when she said, you know. Uh, we, we rise above it. We don't acknowledge that, you know. Yeah. Well, there, there's only one. God is the only uh, uh, person that can uh, to appear to behold iniquity. <laughs> That's God, because God, like I said, is invisible. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> he has no idea. <laughs> he has no no 
physical attributes whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and everybody is of God, including Trump, including Hillary, including everybody. We're all of God. And we're all playing playing the, the game of life. Yes. <laughs> but, but Trump, when I saw that Trump was going to win, I cracked up. I laughed <laughs> because I knew that he was trying. See, Trump can fuck up a wet dream. You know, he, 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 is, he is so inept. He is so inept that he literally tried to lose the election. Because he he found out, oh, Russians for me. Okay, he knows for a fact that the last thing that he wanted to do was get elected, you know, because he had a lifestyle that was perfect, perfect, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was, and all he he was doing really was bragging on Hillary, lying about her, bragging on her. But (laughs) what happened, it's his worst nightmare came to be. He won. (laughs) <laughs> he act, he actually had a cake made to celebrate Hillary's victory. Oh, sure. he, he he was ready to, to go. Yeah, she won, and he and he can still be the front runner. Blah blah blah. You know, he can do everything. He's because Trump is a phony. He is such a phony that that he he has no there's no reality to him. Uh, when he was taught how to be the apprentice, that opened a big world for him because he could pretend like he's always done and he can get paid for it. He can get paid for it and be famous for it and have fans, have people love him for being who he is, who he really is. And so, so when he won, I saw that. Everybody's, I mean, a lot of people saw it, but what really went down is that, okay, let's get serious now. He really is the president. The worst, now I always thought, this is what I thought for Trump. I thought he's smart enough to know and he's always had people do things for him, you know? So I thought he, what he would do was be the guy to hire all the brains, the people and listen to them and then follow what they're doing. Well, the problem is, is that when you, when you anoint somebody, he believes that he really did it. He really, he really won. He really, people really like him, and 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 he was right, well, not totally right, but he was <laughs> right, forty percent or thirty or whatever it is, uh, that that yeah yeah they like they they're as dumb as Trump is. <laughs> so, so, so now, now we got a, a president that's out of whack. I mean, he really is wacky. He's nuts. He's trying to do his gangster shit in, the, in there. He doesn't have. He never had to. He never had to. He he's trying to demand loyalty. I'm watching the show Comey now, and he's trying to demand loyalty from from hard-nosed conservatives that, you know, that believe in the American uh, uh, democracy and the dream and everything. And, and the last thing they want to do is, is to is to be, be uh, uh, evil and crooked, you know? You can be prejudiced, you can you, you find fault with other people, but, but to, to, 
to be honest, you know, they, they, all of those guys really believed in the American way, you know, um, and, and rightly so, because it is, it, it's, it, it's a perfect system. And, 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 and I say that because if it wasn't for the American system, we wouldn't have had Trump. Right. See, see, we wouldn't have had Trump. But because America got so ahead of itself with electing Obama, they mm-hmm. said, oh, that door's open. Okay, now, okay, let's elect a woman. Uh, not just anyone. Well, let's, let, let's elect the wife of a, of a, of a former president. Now, she has experience. She knows uh, what what we need, what America needs. She's a woman. She she will be phenomenal. She, and and <laughs> she would have been. She would have been. She would have been phenomenal because women, uh, just by being a woman, uh, you 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 might have a an, an ego, mm. but it's so under control that you really might as well not have an ego, you know, because of the fact that you're a woman. You're a creator. You, you, you are the one that delivers the baby, that carries the baby, that delivers the baby, that nurtures the baby. That, that you know, and, and that, and that's our life. Like that's why they say Mother Earth. You know, it's right. not Father Earth. It's Mother Earth because Mother is nurturing and reproductive and and and, and all of that. And great organizational skills and great uh, uh, instincts, more than anything, instincts. I don't think you can get closer to God than by being a woman, you know? And that's why when you get transgenders and that, you know, that really know that really, that's really who they are, then you can understand, you know, you can understand that, 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 that urge to, to, to be that, you know, <laughs> and so when 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 Hillary lost and Trump won, wow! And then when I found out, then I saw him because he, he think about think about this man. This is what cracks me up. Trump's a builder, right? He called yeah. himself a builder. He turned, you know, he, he he's more of a demolition expert than he is a builder. He knows how to tear shit apart, but to put it together again, like, you know, he likes to think he, he and he probably has uh, some, some good instincts, you know? And so I thought, well, he's going to be a builder. Yeah. Because all he had to do, well, look what oh, Biden's doing now. Biden's getting trillions. This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets, already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals, too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items, like... Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. 
<clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only, single item at regular price. Trillions of dollars to build back better. Trump could have been there. All he had to do was the Trump, instead of Trump Towers, uh, Trump Bridges. Trump, uh, Trump everything. Right. Trump Airfield. Trump, he could have been the greatest president ever in the history, in the history of, of the world. <laughs> instead, instead, he, 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 the only thing he knew how to do is, is to lie and steal. That's yeah. all he knows. He knows how to lie <laughs> and he knows how to steal. And when you lie, the curse of a liar oh. is you can't, you can't believe anybody, including, yeah. your, including yourself, including yourself. He, Trump knows what an idiot he is, and and he, he and he and he thinks that he's getting one over on the people, but he has he has no clue. Like I'll, I'll tell you one story. He uh, because I, I you know Charlie Sheen is a pretty good friend. I've known Charlie all of practically all his life. I met him when he was a, a little kid <laughs> because I knew his his dad, and uh, yeah. so Charlie. And, and Charlie's mother-in-law uh, of his ex-wife, uh, Maura, she's a tennis player and she plays, she had played tennis at Miralaga, Mar-a-Laga, Lago, and st- she stayed there. And, and she's a big, she had pictures of Trump and her and Trump played tennis together and, and they're really tight. So one day she, Trump's going to meet Charlie Sheen. Trump wanted to meet Charlie. Um, and so Charlie's coming to the White House to, to meet Trump. And so so Charlie says, uh, he meets Trump and he says to Trump, oh, nice cufflinks. And Trump says, oh, oh, you like these? And Charlie says, yeah, they're nice. Trump takes them off and gives them to Charlie. Oh, they're, wow. They're yours. And then later, Trump couldn't help but tell people that, I just pulled Charlie Sheen. He thinks they're gold, but they're cheap things and shit made from China. He had to tell. He had to tell on himself. Oh man, he couldn't even keep his story. <laughs> it was so funny. But now, but now here we are. Here we are now. Trump's broken every law you can break, and and now. <laughs> Everybody's all worried about the Democrats. And, yeah. You know, oh, the, uh, Joe Manchin's not going to vote. <laughs> There's two people holding out. And okay, I'll tell you okay. because we're on this show. Yeah, yeah. The Dems are hogging the the press. Yeah. The, the news cycle. The Dems have got a lock on that news cycle like Trump had for so many, so many years, four years, five years, counting the one he uh, went after uh, Hillary. You don't see Trump's name quote anywhere. Why? Because they're worried about this trillion. (laughs) This is why I laugh because trillion dollars, a lot of money. And, but the Dems want $3.6 trillion. Actually, Bernie Sanders wants $6 trillion. It's, it's all a number. 
It's all a number because once you get building, it's like building a house. Yeah, yeah. yeah the house costs fifty thousand, uh, say uh, four or five million dollars. Okay, you don't put four or five million dollars out. You put a few thousand dollars out. That's all you do. And then at the end, you add it up and say, "Oh shit, I spent more than," because what you're doing. You, you don't spend it. You don't spend the trillion all at once. <laughs> you get it. Mm-hmm. You get it. But you get the you get the machinery rolling. You get the building rolling, and you got to keep building because you can't stop. Just like a war. Yeah. You know, when they say the war, you know how much the war was costing what hundreds of millions of dollars a day. Right. A day for twenty years. Where'd all that money come from, man? And- who cares? <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> That's what I'm saying about the about, about, about the build back better. So the what that's happening is the 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 Democrats are hogging the shit out of the uh, the press cycle purposely. I mean, they invented Joe Manchin is probably going to, going to go down in history as as the guy that kept you know kept everything. From going to Trump, because that's really what he did. Joe Manchin kind of represents the Trump mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not like the rest of them. You know, everybody else just wants to spend crazy. You know, especially if it's a, a OAC. You know, or, or one of the the girls. You know, that are that are pretty and and and, they, mm-hmm. and you know when you see a pretty girl saying trillions or billions you know you, you can't take them serious because you say oh god you know what what do they know about you know they spend all their time putting on makeup you know they don't know they don't know finance you know <laughs> and, and so it's so so what we're we're in the middle of a very intelligent uh yeah we're with really intelligent people now that know this. Now, I, I you know, uh, we, we went through a whole era of Trump. Yeah. Trump, Trump really is. It was like having a retarded person in charge because that's <laughs> that's what it was, you know? You know, because, they, oh, look over here, Donnie. Donnie. Yeah. We, we're we going to build your wall. You want a wall? Come here. Come on. Look at this wall. It's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> And Trump, yeah, yeah, we've got to build this wall. Yeah, he, he has no memory, you know. And I, I, I think I think his biggest problem, you know, besides being 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 a narcissist, is that you know one thing that I learned is that con men really are the easiest to fool. Mm. They're the, they 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 go for the, the the because they think everybody thinks like they think right you see and so they think wow oh he's trying to steal from me you know you know and, and like like uh, gangsters you know there's no honor among thieves right 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 yeah well think of what Trump did earlier in his life. He bought casinos in, in Atlantic City. The, the gangsters wanted to get rid of the, the casinos because they were losing money. And Trump said, oh, Trump, 
Trump, would you like a nice big shiny casino? Yeah. And Trump, Trump said, I got famous friends. Yeah, I'll get Michael Jackson. I'll have him come down. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's the biggest sucker. He bought buildings that no one else wanted. And, and he still got them. He, he, he started businesses that nobody in their right mind would ever go into that business, you know, because you had no experience of it, you know. And the only thing he, he knows how to do is raise money. But yeah. then he doesn't, he doesn't know how, he steals it, you know. There's people that, like, say, Goodwill stores, you know. Goodwill yeah, yeah. stores, supposed to be a, a, a charity. Right. But, but they figured out how their executives are making millions of dollars. They figured it out, illegally. Legally figured it out. Because people are donating really good clothes, and, and Goodwill's taking them, put them on the rack, and selling them at a bargain price. And making millions of dollars. Now, is that some of that money going for charity? I would say, yeah. Okay, good. But with Trump, no money goes to charity. <laughs> <laughs> he, he steals. He steals from himself. Oh, see, jeez. It is so. I mean, and I'm glad we can talk. Uh, you know, on, on, on the podcast because yeah, because uh, uh, other than that, I'm not. I don't have a. Uh, an audience <laughs> for my craziness. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you do. <laughs> well, I got you. You got, got me. You, this I is you, this is exactly, man. Like, anytime you want to come talk craziness with me, Tommy Chong, I'm like ready for it. This is what I live for. <laughs> well, tell me about yourself. I, I your dad was uh, a white guy. He's a white guy. Um, and your mother? Uh, she's Chinese Vietnamese. So her two parents are Chinese. And then her other parent or her other side is one Chinese, one Vietnamese. So we're Chinese Vietnamese. My mom came here after 1975 when Saigon fell. My dad yeah. actually served in Vietnam, but he didn't meet my mom there. They met here in California in of the course. 70s. Of course. And... Um, then they had me, my sister, and my brother, and um, then I decided to, long story short, I decided to try to do the radio and started podcasting. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. And when the native uh, grandma, her name was Jemima. Oh, cute. Jemima. And uh, she married an uh, Irishman, Dylan. She married a Dylan. So I got, I got a little Irish, little Scottish, uh, quite a bit of Chinese, and uh, and eight percent native. Nice. And so, so you're you're Scottish and Vietnamese and Chinese. Yes. Yeah. The Vietnamese. Oh my God, what a beautiful! I I, I was in Vietnam. I oh, oh, love that. Wow. Love that place. Love that. Love Is the it? people. Loves the oh the Mekong River Delta. Yeah. We we went to a, oh. an island. Have you been there? I haven't been there yet. My mom oh. keeps saying we're gonna go. We want to go. Oh, you gotta go. You gotta go. And you gotta go on the island. Take the little boat. There's a boat. Not a little boat. It's big, uh, big ass Mekong Delta. One of those. Yeah, one of those big boats with the thing. Oh, ones with the big B8 engine. Yeah, we 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 boated over to this island. 
and uh, and they had what they did. They built a like a a deck through the swamp, and so so you get to the and, and, you know there's swamp underneath, but you get it on this beautiful deck, a wood deck, and then they had uh, um, uh, a Vietnamese uh, singer, uh, a woman, and and some instruments, very folky. Yes, 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 yes. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like like opera, like a very opera, mm -hmm, operatic mm -hmm. and beautiful, long, beautiful dresses. The food was oh, oh, when, when they, they, they served, uh, I, I, they serve it here in a, a restaurant here called uh, Tar and Roses, but they bring you like a it's like a, a red red snapper fish over there. I don't know what they call it, but it's it's like a perch, and 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 it's kind of deep fried. Yep. And it's and it's it's, it's uh, on a stand, and and it's like right in front of you, and and you have all the uh, condiments, all the other stuff, but you know chopsticks and oh. <laughs> The food and the spices, except the Vietnamese, they like hot sauce, man. Oh, Ooh. they do. Oh, Ooh. they do. Ooh. But that's your that's your antibiotic over there. You know, that's how you keep from getting sick. You you uh, your bodies can handle that that uh, that hot hot style. Oh man, I love Vietnam. I, I never went to Ho Chi Minh City. That's uh, I mean uh, Saigon. Oh, no, I've been to Saigon. Okay. And what's what's the what's the capital? Oh, what's the capital in the north? Hanoi. Hanoi, you're right. Hanoi. Hanoi yeah, yeah. I got. I I haven't been to Hanoi. Apparently, that's the most beautiful. That's what they all, say. All the cities, because it's old and artistic. It was a it was a art colony uh, mm -hmm. when the French had it. You know, the, the French. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. the French. French really. They 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 left a lot of good uh, good good things there. Architecture and then food influence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 and, and uh, the the lifestyle, you know, the language and the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. the French mm -hmm. French are very very evolved. Well, they're the ones that created America. You know, it was the French that came up with the, uh, you know, their their system of government. You know, mixed in with everything else. You know, you know, you know where American government really. Uh, the Senate, you know, where yes, the yes, came from Greece, huh? Is it from Greece? No, from oh. the, the Seneca Indians in New York. I didn't know that, isn't that something? No, that's something because I was like, I thought it was like based on like Greek or Roman, like no, stuff. No, nope. it's American Native, American Native, uh, their system of government, yeah, yeah, they had the American Natives had a great. Great, well, certain certain ones, certain tribes, you know, <laughs> just like now, just like like we are now. <laughs> there, there are certain certain people you can you know, invite into your house, and others that you gotta wait outside. <laughs> 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 well, listen, I, I I got another podcast. I gotta I gotta scoot too. Thank you so much, sir. If you ever just want to come on and talk crazy. This is the show to do it on. I do conspiracies, do consciousness, spiritual stuff. This was an awesome experience. Okay. Thank okay. you. Yes. We'll, we'll do this again very soon because I, I, I found my soulmates. 
<laughs> you did. We, yeah, do, you are my people. Yeah. I always said I'm just like Tommy Chong. <laughs> <laughs> my people. My people. Uh, no, so, so okay. Uh, did you learn any Vietnamese or Chinese? I, I can understand <clears throat> it, uh, uh, Vietnamese. But my mom was like, because it was kind of close to not too many years after the war I started school. She just kind of didn't want me to advertise it growing up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Same as me. My dad never, my dad taught me how to count Chinese. It wasn't until until I I had a Chinese girlfriend. uh, Then she taught me, she taught me how to cook. She taught me how to uh, a few words. And then I had a, I had a buddy. Similar, similar to you, he's a half Chinese kid in in uh, Vancouver, Canada, and he was he was trying to learn how to play guitar. And then my band, we came to town, and we had a show. We we'd play, we'd do acrobatics on the stage, everything else. And here I am, half Chinese kid playing guitar on stage, and this Henry Young was his name. He was a what you what you call a a trick baby. The the, the dad had a an affair with a prostitute, mm-hmm. and, the, and the prostitute got pregnant, and, and and so she didn't want the baby. And so of course the dad took the baby, and was raised by his his grandparents, and and his name is Henry Young, and he's one of the best guitar players in Vancouver, and and I think his his mother was Ukrainian. Oh, so cool. he's so he's kind of a good looking good looking kid, <laughs> but, but you know I, I played the gig and I went. We had a hotel room. I'm in my hotel room, sound asleep. Six in the morning, bang 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 on my door. Open the door, Henry Young's there. <laughs> 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 right? It was like look, almost looking in the mirror. You know, he's half Chinese. I'm half Chinese. We're, we're so looking cool. at each other. <laughs> we're looking at each other. He goes. Hey, I'm, I'm Henry. Uh, he says, "Come on, I'll show you Vancouver." <laughs> so, so he had a motorcycle at the time, and so I got on his motorcycle, and we, we, we drove around. He, and he showed me all, and he showed me the place where I eventually bought a house. Oh wow! Here I showed up at the time, you know, nothing, no money, nothing, you know, just a, just a gig and uh, a, a, a place to stay. You know, we had a. Uh, hotel room <laughs> and he showed me this 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 place and then years later I, I i bought a house there i still got a house there wow. so, so he was my first uh, half chinese brother and then he, he showed me all cool. the china you showed me all the chinatown all the little nooks and crannies because he he grew up there you know and that's where my dad grew up too oh that's cool so it was so cool and then my dad like i said he never talked hardly talked but then when i made it uh, uh, we went to Vancouver, and my dad, and my whole family, because I, I left. I left. I was. Oh, I I I turned uh, twenty one in 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 uh, in uh, Vancouver. Uh, but I was there earlier, and my dad, my mom, the whole family got in the car and they drove to pick me up <laughs> to bring me home because <laughs> I was I was. They they missed me. They missed the uh, the the guy that was uh, ma- making their life exciting. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I left, all of a sudden all the excitement went went down. You know, because 
Well, yeah, when you got a band, you need a place to practice. And then you have parties and you know, the whole game. Then you have followers and everything. They missed it. But yeah, well, Henry Young. Yeah, we're still friends. He's, he, uh, yeah, we're both up. We're both quite up there. He's funny, though. He, he, he ended up playing guitar with Nina Simone, oh, you know, the, the great jazz singer. And so Henry, Henry, yeah, he, he, he stuck with it. I never, you know, I knew more guitar than Henry when he first met him, but he stayed with it, studied and studied and studied, you know, like a good Chinese kid would do. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> 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 okay. No I, I will see you next time, my darlings. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. We're friends now, Tommy Chong. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, talk soon.
Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave single with a ten piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave single, Dave single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price.